guys, on today's episode, we have a very special topic today that kind of talks about what leads to having someone like her. <laughs> <laughs> this is Aurora, and she's my niece. Um, she's not our special guest today, but she's one of those. So <laughs> today's topic is going to be about sexual education. Sexual. <laughs> welcome, welcome, familia, to another episode of Yorona Pero Chingona Pod. We're here with our friend Callie and, of course, our wonderful <laughs> Edith. Me. Um, just also as a disclaimer, I am recovering from a little cold, and so I'm sniffling, congested, and have, and are packed up with a, <laughs> a, a crap ton of um, cough drops, so... There is that. But how are y'all doing? Good. Really good. So I'm really excited to have Kelly here with us today. And it's been a pretty good day. We had breakfast before recording. So it was so yummy. It was nice. I'm going to have, have to take some pancakes home. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Help yourselves. <laughs> uh, but I'm doing really good. Uh, I'm also... I work with kids and everything, so sometimes, you know, with kids, you're around so many germs, so it's tough sometimes, so I feel like my immune system is, like, all over the place, especially with the weather changing, but um, I've been great. How are you, Kelly? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm good. Hey, this is our first time having you on. I know. Yeah. What have you guys been up to, like, in regards to, I guess, like, your personal life, like... Also, do you guys have plans for Valentine's Day in a couple days? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no. It's on a Wednesday, right? Yeah. So I'll probably work. Work. <laughs> <laughs> work. Very romantic. And then I'll go home and I'll probably make dinner. And then Mitchell's mom got us a present, so I'll open that. And then that's about it. Nice. My boyfriend lives out of town, so... <laughs> that's that <laughs> but I'll probably spend it here my niece turns six months so it'll be her half birthday on Valentine's Day so we're having a little half birthday celebration do my mom growing up would always do like her and my dad didn't do a date night or anything we would do a family candlelit dinner Ooh. oh that's romantic <laughs> oh and then I also got all the children so I don't know <laughs> I got some uh, like crafting stuff to do with the kids um, my cousin's kids so probably do that you'll probably give the other parents a break yeah so we i could have more nieces and nephews <laughs> <laughs> add more to the family <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um what about you yesi so because like my my working schedule isn't a regular monday to friday um i now work from sunday to wednesday and then i have the rest of the days off Ooh. Well, partially because my Wednesdays aren't pretty filled up yet. So it's really Sunday to Tuesday, and then I get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday off. Mm. Since yeah. when do you get Friday off? Since this this next week of coming. <laughs> so I'm very excited for that new schedule. Um, so Kurt and I are going to do like a um, paint with a twist at home. Mm. Oh, fun. Um, so I'm, I've seen like easels on sale at... Um, five and below so we're gonna go do that and kind of decorate and have like a a cute little dinner at home and my brother is gonna be out of town so oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> look at her 
maybe nice. instead of making some art, they're going <laughs> to be making a baby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not There's a wedding, the wedding coming. <laughs> Not before the wedding. <laughs> well, I think this whole Valentine's Day planning fits in with today's topic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> sex, baby. <laughs> but I think before that, our special guest today deserves a proper introduction of course she does can you do us the honor yesi so please help us welcome one of our lovelies at least that's what we name our group chat <laughs> um callie callie is one of our bestest friends for over a decade now whom we love so much she is our main from maine and our friend mom of the group she's kind she's sweet organized and hardworking. We met Callie and Scary Starry at Texas State back in 2013 and have been sort of inseparable since, except for the past few years now that she's like lives in Dripping Springs. So, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Wait, I want to just say something before Callie starts talking, because when you said our group chat lovelies, do you remember when our group, group chat used to be like bitches or something like that? <laughs> And then I think it was Yessie that was like, can we change it to something more appropriate? <laughs> more My appropriate. kids sometimes see it. <laughs> so it was n not always lovelies. There was a point where we were the bitches. <laughs> were wasn't we? it? No, I thought it was um, hoochies. Or oh, yeah, hoochies. It was hoochies. Oh, sounds <laughs> same, similar. Same, same similar. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I would have my phone out sometimes and working with children <laughs> with clients, you yeah. know. And so sometimes you'll have like hoochies just like come up, message, stuff like that. So, mom, what's a hoochie? <laughs> My therapist asked. <laughs> so, so there's that. But Callie, um, so where are you from? Can you tell our listeners who you are, other than our best friend <laughs> and our the mother of our group? <laughs> our <Okay. mom. laughs> the mother of our children like what children <laughs> the mother of our group <laughs> i'm honored <laughs> um i'm from a very small town in maine and i grew up there my whole life and then when i was graduating from high school i wanted to leave <laughs> live with me. <laughs> and my brother already lived in austin and so that's how i kind of found texas state and then i met y'all <laughs> Was and Edith was my roommate, and she was is the reason that I have friends. <laughs> Edith is the sole reason you have friends. I probably, no. <laughs> literally, I don't know what would have happened to me if you hadn't been my roommate. I always think about that all the time, and we were talking about this the other day because we have another best friend, Diana, who now lives in Chicago. Shout out to Diana. Um, because I was the one that met her first, too, and Callie and Yessie, didn't really like the idea. No, no, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Not me being quiet the whole. I knew this I was gonna come down to me. Yeah, that is Diana from the start. Look, okay. Look, I have always been no new friends. I have changed a bit now. Yeah, you have more friends than like any of us. That is true. I'm not odd. Not more than Diana. Oh, that is true. I think you and Diana are like, yeah. I don't think so. I still consider myself very anti-friends. This is a girl with 20 bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> it's seven bridesmaids. Whatever. <laughs> okay. 
Whoa. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> but, yeah, little background story. Uh, Callie and I were random. R- and when I say random, is like... We picked the same room number. Yeah, and we just <laughs> randomly just met. And I feel like we were... We were forced, but we were talking about that earlier, but we weren't really forced into the friendship because if we wanted to and we didn't like each other, we could have just been like, hi, nice to meet you, and like go our separate ways. But we clicked really good after that. And then Yessi was rooming with our friend Blanca. Shout out to Blanca. I went to high Mm -hmm. school with Blanca, and I met Yessi because of Blanca. And then, yeah, it went from there. And then I met Diana at a party. And then I introduced Diana. Well, she lived. She also lived in the same dorms as we did. But yeah. um, then I introduced her to the group, and then from there, the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful summary <laughs> of our friendship. Beautiful. <laughs> Coloring Colorado is the end of Callie, what do you do? What do you do on a day-to-day <laughs> job? Um. I run a real estate team with (laughs) with my brother and one of his best friends, Tim, who's basically also my brother. Um, We have four agents. We just are about to bring on a fifth because Natasha is coming back to our team. Yay, Natasha (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so we've grown a lot in the last year. It's a lot of work. My brother drives me crazy sometimes, um, but I enjoy it. I, I like working in real estate. Do you think he'll share this episode on his social media? Um, Shelly's like, I run Yes, it, because so. I have access to his social media. Shelly's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, because I run it. If so. you tag him, he will share it. <laughs> That's so funny. So if you guys are needing to buy a house, please yeah, contact Kelly. <laughs> Contact Hallie at a shameless Culver's. plug for the Landy Cross Group. Yeah, shameless plug. Um, okay, so the main topic of today. Well, at first you were going to talk about chosen family, but then we <laughs> not so oh so naturally during girl talk started talking about sexual. <laughs> sexual. <laughs> and so I'm um, just learning about sex in general. So I guess to start off, how did you guys? learn about sex growing up we're really diving in into the topic we're but just jumping right in it's it's like we were talking about it earlier and it's just a crazy thing like it's kind of like parenting you don't know you go as you get older i guess at, at least that was my experience about sexuality because there were so many questions like you know we were talking about it earlier i i have my first sexuality class in sixth grade so Callie grew up in Maine, which is like they have a whole different it's a whole different state that has a whole different curriculum on curriculum it. and everything, which I think Texas is lacking on all of that. Um, because I learned in sixth grade and it was still very like particular in the certain stuff that they wanted to talk about. It wasn't like they just wanted to talk about developmental, like girls get periods, clothes, guys get boners, and like ab- you know all these stuff. And abstinence, yeah, too. not mm-hmm. even like healthy, mm-hmm. yeah, um, exactly, sex. yeah, safe sex. It was more like, I think my first like real sexuality class, and it's really sad. I think my real first sexuality class that I it was really not like tabooed. It was very open sexuality class was in college. 
and it's and I took it because I mean I work with kids and families so in my like career path we had to take a sexuality class to learn how to have a conversation with kids right about sexuality so it's crazy to think that here in Texas my first real sexuality talk was when I was 20 years old yeah 19 years old it's crazy but what about you guys I we did and like when we were really young it wasn't necessarily like super focused on sex it was very much just like understanding the male and female body and Mm -hmm. everything but we did have sex ed classes in high school that was very much like safe sex not the abstinence which I didn't even realize I guess I knew other places taught abstinence but I think like once I came here and like saw the differences because in high school when you're learning about like this is a condom and this is how you put on a condom like Mm -hmm. everyone just thinks it's funny and yeah. like laughs at it and it's like ooh, the, teacher's, yeah. the teacher has a banana flavored condom <laughs> <laughs> banana flavored of all of all flavors the most disgusting one <laughs> but like moving here and realizing like oh that's not what everyone learns it is i do appreciate it because yeah because you like I knew what resource, like, I knew, like, oh, we can go to the local clinic and get free condoms if we mm-hmm. need to and, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. For me, now that I'm, like, reflecting back on, like, the classes that we had, I remember having health class. And during health, it wasn't even, like, a sex class. It was just mm-hmm. a health class. And us coming up to the unit about talking talking about our body parts and, you know, our sexual organs. And it was very much learning that, but then also – um very hush hush about like sex because you would talk about stds and it was more like wear a condom or you'll get stds and then just leaving it at that and handing out condoms and then just not talking about it as much anymore or getting pregnant so it's very fear-based yeah especially with like parents my mom the way that we talked about sex is like you're gonna want to do stuff don't do stuff because you're gonna get pregnant and then you're gonna and then like no salas con tu domingo siete because then you're i'm not gonna provide for you anymore like you're out of the house and i i swear to you that is the only reason i didn't have sex in school same same (laughs) because i was gonna get disowned exactly and i feel like for me it was similar it was just all the fear tactic of like don't have this and that because then you're gonna get this and that yeah. you're gonna get pregnant you're gonna get an std you're gonna all of these things and i was just like oh my god like so fear of what to know about sexuality and yeah i had like a very good sexuality class in college but everything that i know like and that i knew before then it was all from friends or google <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, they don't tell you, they don't tell you in, like, health that, like, also please yourself as a woman. Yeah, I feel Mm -hmm. like they didn't, even in my classes, they didn't talk about, like, the pleasure of it. It was just, like, here are the facts. We know that you guys are doing it, so let's just do it in a safe way. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was never, like... Yeah, it wasn't. And there was also, like, so much shame around it, I feel like. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember, um, like, okay... So, developmentally, as children, we are all very sexual beings. It's in our DNA, for the most part, right? Um, and we're attracted to different things and, and stuff. But, like, since we are, even in infancy, like, we start to get really curious about our body. 
in our genitals and then yeah. as you grow like you you like start touching yourself and of course it changes from oh this feels good to like oh like i'm horny and i want to have sex you know so like it changes but from like early early childhood we are still very sexual beings and so with with the way that i grew up it was very much like i never really asked questions about it i was just always like doing shit behind my mom's <laughs> and dad's back mm-hmm. <laughs> because i feel like i knew that the reaction wasn't going to be open or it was going to be a lot of shaming maybe exactly. you know yeah i don't know how was that like for you guys i mean that's something that we were talking about with callie earlier like i feel like for me personally it was a very discreet and very like mm, like a topic that wasn't really touched here like in my house i'm the oldest out of three so obviously like i had so many questions that i didn't have like a big brother big sister that i can go and be like what does this mean like you know all of these things so everything that i wanted to know it's from like the people that i was around with or like literally school but school was not was not a great resource because they didn't cover the questions that i wanted to ask so it was like yes he was saying so i was just so afraid to like like you know even ask because i was like am i gonna be shame and am i gonna be like embarrassed to even ask certain questions that now i'm like it's completely normal like you know it's her body it's natural it's different things like that that it's completely normal that we all go through i thought i honestly thought that i was just the only one that i'm like oh my god am i like having this tingly feeling am i the only (laughs) one having it no that means that you're just horny. You just want to have sex. <laughs> it like all of these it. things. Yeah. Like it's just all of these things that I'm just like, oh, okay, it all makes sense. But I mean, I wish it was different growing up because I would have been a little bit more educated that maybe I could have educated other people like, or even like that. Like, and that's what I, we were, I was telling Callie earlier. I feel like even in college when I met her, she was a little bit more educated on like, certain things like you know and i was just like wow like you know i can't believe you're my friend and knows all this information (laughs) (laughs) yeah where were you 10 years ago (laughs) like who knew you're supposed to shave a certain direction (laughs) yeah i feel like i don't even remember how i learned that i feel like i had to google it yeah well, I mean, there's just so much that isn't talked about. Like, I remember even when I was, like, younger, because, you know, I'm Mexican and, like, brown, so, like, I have a lot of hair. And thick hair. And thick hair, too. <laughs> like, super thick hair. So, like, in middle school, when I wanted to shave my legs, because, like, let's say the hair was like this, you know, like a man's leg, you know? And so all my friends were shaving, and I was like, Mom, can I shave, please? Like, it's hot. It's Texas. I don't want to wear jeans. Yeah. I want to wear skirts. But I was embarrassed to wear skirts mm-hmm. because of my leg hair. And I swear to you, my brother had to, like, con- help me convince my mom. <laughs> he would, I think at one point, he was like, Mom, just let her shave. He looks like a boy. <laughs> I think my mom, I like, did a lot of things with the intention of, like, keeping me young and innocent. But, like... But for this, like, the same thing where I was, like, everyone else I know is doing this and I feel weird mm-hmm. not doing it. But she was, like, no, you're growing up too fast. And, like, I understand it. 
And I think to some extent I appreciate her doing it a little bit, but also, like, yeah, there was, like, like things that I, like, didn't understand or didn't know because she was like, oh, you don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're too young. Yeah. Exactly. So that was – that was – Thanks, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Pablo. <laughs> Thanks, Pablo. <laughs> now she became think, a woman. <laughs> I honestly think the first time I shook my legs, me and Sammy just like were in a bathtub together, just like shaking our legs, not like naked, but just like just we're like we're gonna do this together. We can do it. <laughs> That's funny. But it like yes, like yes, he said being like having that like Mexican side of us. He had really dark, thick hair and it's so embarrassing like I remember like my like my mustache showing and I'm just like oh my god people are gonna think I'm a boy <laughs> or like even like armpit hair and like mm-hmm. pubic hairs all of these things so, like as he said earlier like how do you know when to shave like shaving all over the place I remember my first really bad rash <laughs> it was horrible and then I'm like I don't want to like what have I done what have I done even talked about Mm -hmm. like I know like having conversations with my mom like now that I'm older like we have more open conversations about about like sex and stuff but just in general like she never I don't remember her telling me or going into death about pubes Mm -hmm. like how do you or like our period also they came from a generation that they probably weren't shaving either so that is true (laughs) there is that yeah on that piece the rest of it i don't know but i feel like that they were like wait what are y'all doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were learning it at the same time (laughs) well like even so like talking to my mom now about it her mom (laughs) didn't have this conversation with her either Mm -hmm. so that's why my older brother and i in our accidents (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't until like she got pregnant with me i think that that like for the first time she heard of contraceptives mm-hmm. and i didn't hear of contraceptives i mean i heard about them until i was like in middle school and high school but i didn't get on contraceptives until i was in college mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily encouraged by my mom it was more because i had the knowledge that i could get pregnant and i'm like also how do i get rid of this period so that's when i got on the shot i had a bunch of friends in like high school and middle school who got on it for their to like regulate their period and I went to my mom being like I want to do the same thing and she was like no I know what birth control is for it's so that you can have sex and you're not old enough to have sex so you can't get on birth control she was like it's natural to have a period you don't need this (laughs) yeah I was like okay (laughs) and then I think I went to like we had like a uh like a not a it wasn't like a Planned Parenthood but essentially similar thing and so I just went and got it myself (laughs) (laughs) how old were you I think I was 15 is that allowed here in texas not anymore because Planned Parenthood. Yeah. well yeah but was it was it allowed <laughs> i think though? at Planned Parenthood you can go like I at any so. age i think so because there's specific confidentiality with well it. even with your regular doctor i think that you can probably do that because yeah like i don't i mean i don't know like as I'm like a sure. can you see let me google it these are the kind of <laughs> but, questions but I was that we want to i never for. asked my normal like doctor that I saw at the time because I was afraid I was like I don't know I think I didn't know if they were allowed to tell my mom and I knew my mom had already said no so I didn't so I went to like a little like local clinic and I was like I want birth control how (laughs) old were y'all when y'all went to go see an OBGYN for the first time I think I was in high school I think I was in high school when my mom actually 
it might have been in middle school that because my pediatrician was a guy and so uh. I think I was in middle school when I was like I want to see a boy doctor <laughs> this is weird <laughs> and so my mom when we found my new doctor it was like a primary care that was also like an OBGYN mm. or so I think that in other states you can be underage and get um birth control birth control but in Texas um I'm not sure uh it says some minors under the age of 18 will be required to obtain consent from a parent or guardian before receiving certain medical services such as birth control so you need consent consent from mm -hmm. a, an adult yeah. right from in your Texas parents. yeah you see I mean I feel like all these things about sexuality it, and when I remember whenever I was in high school I was uh, in this after school program where I can remember and they did like a research of like teen pregnancy and everything and like here in Texas is very high mm -hmm. like teen pregnancy like I don't know now in days but at least whenever I was in school there was there's a really high rate of teen pregnancy and I think that I mean there's nothing wrong with that but I mean I feel like but I feel like a lot of the big of the sex ed education exactly like the abstinence because it's like whether whatever you're teaching it it's like it's so natural for teenagers to be like curious about that exactly yeah and so if you're not arming them with like the right tools Resources. to do it safely mm -hmm. then yeah, yeah well you're gonna get pregnant or get an std and die, and die. <laughs> <laughs> well just keep in mind like we are second in highest teen birth rates in t in by the state, the first one is Tennessee with twenty one point five percent. Oh wow! Of teens being pregnant, and then Texas is is twenty point three percent. So we're, and then the third one, <laughs> the third one is Utah at nine point seven. So that is like double, double of what Utah. Utah. Yeah, a lot of Utah is uh, Mormon. Yeah, so. Obviously, and I know Tennessee is probably very like, conservative, <laughs> and we we probably know that Tennessee is abstinence based. So that tells us yeah. that abstinence methods don't work. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, like you know, all of this. And when we were seven point eight, seven point eight, seven point eight, Maine, per yeah, percent. You see, yeah. <laughs> You're very educated, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier we were also talking about periods, which I think it's also like a topic. I mean, that at least for me growing up um, was also kind of like forced into a conversation because she's like, oh, shit, she's about to be like a teenager or she's already a teenager. Mm -hmm. So she's about to get her period. And like I said earlier, I'm the oldest and I'm, a girl so obviously like there was no one that i saw that had their period before me mm -hmm. well my friends and everyone and it, like uh, i was a late bloomer too so i was like i remember like when i had my first period it was because it wasn't scary because i had had that conversation with my mom but she only gave me the option of like oh you have to use pads mm -hmm. you have to and I was like, so all I knew was just that pads was the only thing that you could use when you're in your period. So growing up, when I was in high school, I like I remember whenever I started like playing sports, my friends were like, you should use tampons. They're a lot cleaner. And I came home and I'm like, Mom, I want to buy tampons. And then she was like, No, that is not good for you. Like, no, like 
because there is this myth that tampons will take your virginity. <laughs> Not like, the flower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love your virginity to a tampon. <laughs> like, what kind of, like, who in the world, like, traumatized people my mom saying had tampons something like that. for me but they were like the cardboard ones <gasps> Ooh, those oh that's painful oh. Yeah. oh i remember like i think i had to teach one of our friends how to use a tampon in our in like college days i won't say who <laughs> there was a friend <laughs> that i had to teach how to use tampon because we were gonna go floating, mm. and oh, so it was like okay, it was okay. like at the at a at a porta potty <laughs> in the most cleanest place ever. <laughs> but I remember like it like it because it hurts yeah, once you like yeah. put it in, mm-hmm. and there's no like instructions on how to do it or like so it's a lot of experimenting and like putting it in because you don't put it just straight up. Yeah, yeah. it has to be angle. yeah, it has to be like a forty five <laughs> degree <laughs> angle. You you're have with to your head. Sure. You have to instructions in the box if you. Yeah, but who looks at those? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I read the whole thing and was but like, "How still, do I do this?" Like, still. <laughs> I literally was like, "Okay." But it's not you. the most comfortable. Like, you also have to like take into consideration like how much you're bleeding because if you're not yeah. bleeding a lot, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also taking it out if you're not bleeding a lot, it like it, it hurts. hurts so much. Yeah. I have a funny story about tampons. so when we were like we would have been like 12 to 15 but sammy got her period after jackie and i did shout out sammy sammy and jackie are my two best friends that i grew up with not my only my other my other two thanks for the clarification (laughs) but my friends that i grew up my whole life and (laughs) sammy had never used a tampon yet she had only used pads we were going to the lake at, during the summer, and we were like, you can't wear a pad in the water. It'll absorb, and then it'll float away. <laughs> and so we were like, just use a tampon. It's going to be fine. And she was like, but what if the strings get out of my bathing suit? And we are like, that doesn't happen. Like, you're fine. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, like, convinced her. She was so worried about it. We were like, no, no, no. You have nothing to worry about. And we were at the beach, and she's sitting up on, like, the dock. And we look, and the string was hanging. <laughs> Girl problems. And we were like, oh, no. And we told her, and she was like, you told me this wouldn't happen. <laughs> but you see these are the kind of things like i remember when i first i think my first i learned to put on a tampon when i was in summer camp in eighth grade and um that's because i was playing more sports so also like you don't want to be having like a sweaty pad like you know when you're Mm -hmm. running and everything and texas heat um so i convinced my mom that it was just more of like comfortable instead of like the whole myths behind it like i told her like it's just comfortable like um all of these things and then she eventually she was just okay with it but like just even recently like i remember i heard like overheard one of my aunts saying that no like that's not safe for you and all of these things i'm like there's just so much myths about certain things in sexuality that i wish we could just do a presentation for the (laughs) for everyone to see because it's just like I mean, at least myself, I'm the kind of person that I want to educate others things that I didn't know. And I was telling you guys earlier that I was talking to my cousin's almost nine-year-old daughter earlier, like earlier this week or last week, because she's turning nine. And I'm like, okay, you know what happens when you're about to turn nine, ten? 
girls start getting their periods that early. So I was telling her about how her body is changing and she's just like freaking out. And then her mom is telling me, oh, yeah, like my mom never told me what your period meant. And she used to like I, I would just see her pads and I would ask her, what are what are those? And she would be like, oh, they're chocolates. Like, <laughs> OK, big ass chocolates. <laughs> And she'll be like, I want one. I'm like, why in the world would you tell your daughter they're chocolates? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like those little things that, I mean, I feel like it also comes with the parenting and how conservative parents were. Or how much knowledge in general they have about the topic. Exactly. Because I like with the, with like in my job with the parents that I work with, like these are for the most part, very well-educated people that have gone to college, mm-hmm. have gone, like, second degrees, things like that. And even then, they struggle to talk about sex and sex education and sexuality with mm-hmm. their children. So I'm having to, like, give them resources to, like, what is developmentally appropriate to teach children and stuff like that. Even just in general, because... Sex and, like, the human body is so different from, like, what you're attracted to. and But they go so hand-in-hand hand together that it's 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 just a very, like, complex subject to talk yeah. to them about. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> Do you think that, like, the sexuality talk also has a big difference with, like, cultures and everything yeah well i feel like too we grew up i feel like our generation is kind of the first generation to be a little bit more open about that because like or maybe our parents were a little bit but like i feel like so many of our parents grew up with like very religious or conservative Mm -hmm. parents and then they were kind of breaking the mold from that but like we're really the first generation that's really been like okay wait that doesn't make any sense like what you're telling me like you're not explaining this or not asking the questions like this is normal human behavior, so we should talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I I definitely can see how, like, it just in general, like, in my perspective, like, my idea of how I will raise our kids, and I've told Kurt this before, like, I'm going to teach my children about pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> At least, like, you know, just in general. And there's so so much of, like, such a, like, fine line of, like, <clears throat> wanting to foster, like, confidence in sex and your sexuality. And also, like, not, like, fostering that, but also, like, limiting it and setting boundaries to it in a positive and healthy way and not shaming. <clears throat> because once you start setting consequences for behaviors that they have, you start to instill shame or like react in a big way (laughs) then you start to instill shame and that can cause a lot of like self-shame and then being hypersexual for that or like just them just not wanting to have anything to do with like sex and like feeling confident in themselves Mm -hmm. so i think it's a very tricky line because i'm like i understand wanting to teach them about sex and stuff but also setting that like fine line yeah like because if you're too open about it then it's like they just kind of do whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, practicing unsafe exactly and then they're gonna feel like oh my mom it's okay with it i feel like no matter what you're gonna (laughs) fuck it up a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
therapist. Talk to your therapist about what's the best way to introduce sex to your child. I just feel like being open and building that safe space for you to like talk about it will be like that ideal thing to do. Yeah. Like even still, like if you don't know the answer, be like, well, ask me anyways. We'll figure it out together. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, stuff like that instead of creating <clears throat> this fear and this shame environment where they're like, no, I don't want to ask mom or dad because what are they going to think? Like, I'm this horny person that like, just wants to like, touch themselves <laughs> all the time. Person. And they're like, you know, stuff like that so that they can figure it out together. Yeah. Because like how you were saying earlier, like it starts so early in your age, like in early stages of like being curious about your body that we even eventually start creating some kind of like shameful yeah things for them like i even remember like my younger like you know cousins and stuff be like touching their like you know body parts <laughs> and stuff like Ay, cochino, ¿por qué te tocas? like why are you touching yourself like instead of saying like we don't do that in public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that at home. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. instead of saying yeah, not to saying do like it. It's, it's not entirely wrong. Like, you can do that, just not in a public place. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, you know, just telling them that, <laughs> hey, boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah, boundaries. <laughs> like, all of these things, it, it will be a little bit more than... You know, instead of shaming them. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I also, if I have a daughter, I want to talk to her from a place of, like, my own experience and, like, not be afraid to, like, share the mistakes that I make. Because I will say, I think that's one thing where my mom, she came from it of a place of, like, I know better than you and I like I've been through this and don't do this to yourself and that's great but then she like wouldn't tell me the things that she had done and the mistakes yeah. that she had made she was like well no no no, I, you don't need to know about me but I'm just telling you I know what's best and I was like no you know I'm gonna do what I want whereas I feel like if she had been like no this is what I did and it was a mistake and like this is what I learned from it I feel like I like yeah. being a little bit more open as the parent of like hey I, I, also- I did this and it sucked. So you yeah, should exactly. you should avoid this. <laughs> yeah, and I think like by opening up that that space for them, it also keeps children from going to their friends and learning about different things about either sex or your body, um, and uh, have it to be wrong or even right. going them as far as like reaching out to someone that they don't know and talking about these like very vulnerable sub you know topics. And then being exposed to other people. Yeah. Um, taking advantage of their vulnerability. Because, like, I even, one of my supervi- my supervisor was telling me how, like, there's sometimes, like, you know, with social media, things go around. Mm-hmm. And, like, douching was a big thing. But we've learned that it's not very healthy, healthy for, for your genitals. So, like, even having, like, kids learn about these things is, like, so dangerous for their little bodies and stuff. Because, I mean, if, like, if you put yourself in, like, in their, like, age, like, I didn't know what sperm was at <laughs> in sixth grade. I remember a friend coming up to me and being like, do you know what sperm is? And then me being like, no. And everyone else in the world knew, and I didn't. <laughs> and I was like, what is it? And they didn't want to tell me. And then I didn't learn. They didn't know either. either. Well, yeah. Exactly. Like, that comes to show. They were like, probably being like, "I'm gonna ask her" because they heard it and didn't know, and they were like, "Let me see what she says." <laughs> well, yes, and but I think it, it like 
it's it's important to like know that like even at that stage when you're at that age even if you don't want your child to know about sex it's gonna come up by other people exactly so it's better that you are giving them the right information yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because knowledge is power exactly Mm -hmm. and i feel like going back to other kids not knowing you're gonna make up something and let's think about it that the kids that are trying to learn and we were there once it's around the time that we're trying to fit in we're trying to be popular we're trying to be like the one that makes friends and all of these things so what makes friends when the person that knows it all right like Mm -hmm. the adult and all of this so you're gonna be making up stuff you're gonna be hearing stuff that are like completely it's like a little game of telephone exactly (laughs) one kid hears it from like a tv show or an older sibling and then it goes down and it's like everyone has the completely wrong idea yeah (laughs) like i think like even at our age and even like people that are older than us aren't very comfortable at pleasuring themselves because sex has been more of like a reproductive like of um concept in like i think older generations except for men (laughs) (laughs) reproductive concept for women except for men and now it has transitioned into a more like pleasurable thing that we do Mm -hmm. and like you know even like for for like us I remember like in my first years of my sexual endeavors Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was very much based on like male pleasure and not on my pleasure Mm -hmm. and that was I mean shit I wish I was told before (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there's about that there's still like I feel like there's different stages like how Callie said it goes in generations I feel like even now in days there's still like older women who are very clueless about their sexuality Mm -hmm. and what other things they can explore with their partner and stuff and it's it's just really crazy to think you know that we're not it's a very taboo topic even mm-hmm. now in 2024. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's crazy. We're all doing it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's how you're here today. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. come on, grow up a little bit. <laughs> so, And I feel like I wasn't like that all the time. I was very shy when it came to, like, I mean, even still today, like, I'm just like, sexy. <laughs> what? <laughs> And now look at you talking about it in a podcast. <laughs> like, I feel like even still, like, it's a very, like, why are we doing this? Like, it's something that you only talk to your partner if you have a partner. Not even. And to not your even. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, especially if you're struggling with sex, like, that's not very, like, talked about with your partner much, right? Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I think for, like, males, it's a lot harder to admit, like, I'm having trouble with this because there's a dysfunction going on or maybe they have a lot of stress and it's not working or mm-hmm. maybe there's a lot of conflict and stuff but like even even like as female now that because like with sex you can use it in several different ways in my younger years i would use it more to please a guy and like keep guys around and now it's because i have such a secure relationship it's different it's a different kind of sex that you have mm-hmm. So, like, even within that, like, you have daily stressors, and they're 
there's even books that I've read about, like, um, what's that book? It's like, um, Come As You Are, oh, yeah. or something like yeah, that. Exactly they talk called. about just like the female body and how we run, like, of course, men have, like, their hormone cycle is within 24 hours. So naturally, they're horny all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> And females, it's a lot harder because our hormones dictate a lot of how we feel on a day-to-day basis. Like, I could have a whole week where I'm feeling like shit and I don't want anyone to touch me or, like, you know, feel up on me or anything. And then there's, like, other weeks where you just want to be on top of the person, you know? (laughs) So it, like, really ranges. And And I don't find that that's something that's really talked about either as, like, young you know teenagers or young adults mm-hmm. that like there's these things that really affect us and like our bar- bodies work so differently than men that sometimes it can bring shame into how we feel like i'm not as horny as he is i'm not wanting craving him as often as he mm-hmm. craves me mm-hmm. so i think that's also important for people to consider especially men that have that knowledge that the girl's body don't work like theirs can i just like I'm going to switch it up a bit here when you were talking about it, but it still goes with the topic of women and men. I feel like there's a whole different, like even still today, shameful perspective on women when they like think about sex Mm -hmm. than it is with men. Like even growing up, like... The the second standard? Yeah, Mm -hmm. the second standard of like, it's okay for a man to think about it, but... If you're thinking about it, oh, who are you? You're are a you, slut. You're yeah. a slut. You're a whore. Like you, all these really horrible labels on women that okay. is just terrible. And I'm going to double that, even on like Latina families or Latino mm-hmm. families, with them moms being like, oh, my son is so handsome. He has all the girls. What about sisterhood? Exactly. <laughs> what about loyalty to the sisterhood? Mm-hmm. You know? So there's also that. Yeah, like, that's what I'm, like, when you were talking about it, that's the first thing that came to my mind, because I'm like, growing up, it was okay for a guy to have all these girlfriends and friend girlfriends and, like, like, girlfriends, girlfriends, or, like, have, like, a little side Side chicks or whatever, (laughs) multiple at a time, but if a girl had that, oh, no. How dare she? How monstrous of Like, you know, all whatever, like, all of these labels, which is just really terrible because it's still happening nowadays and okay we're not promoting disloyalty or cheating okay we're just saying have the same standards for the man as you do or for the girl as you do for the man like you can't just it can't be worse because only because this person has a vulva and a vagina and the other one has a penis so, period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but I think that is, like, very true. Because even still to this day, uh, a little background story. So I went on a trip not so long ago, and I was talking to my boyfriend's sister and my cousin, and we were talking about Taylor Swift, right? Because she's, like, the big topic right now and how people shame her for having so many, like, boyfriends and history with that. And I can't remember who of them. They were like, oh, but if it would have been a man? Oh, no. Like, a trophy. Go. Go. What about Nick Cannon having so many baby mamas? Exactly. 
Like, I don't see a lot. Like, the only people I hear, only, like, talk like, shit about. are talking about it. Yeah, only right. girls talk about how that's so shitty. I mean, you know, and each no his one's own, even that's his shaming issue. him about having sex. It's just, like, I guess wrap it up at some point. <laughs> yeah, like, same sex, you know? But, like, it's more about, like, you're clearly, like, at some point, you're stretching <clears throat> yourself too thin and you're not being good. Like, you have to be a father to all these children. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, no one cares that he's having sex with that. But, but if it was turned around yeah. for it to be a woman and having so many babies and yeah. so many baby daddies like it would be like she's just a hoe yeah. she doesn't like you know respect and like okay there's like also like open relationships and like they pop they probably all have agreements or an ndas or whatever mm-hmm. rich people do um <laughs> we wouldn't know <laughs> we wouldn't know yet um but like it wouldn't be it would it would be such a fucking scandal yeah it would be exactly. a terrible scandal. Exactly. So there's also that. But I feel like with all of this talk, the reason why we decided that this was the perfect topic for it was just because, I mean, we're talking about love in general. And with love comes sex. Exactly. <laughs> like the song, hey, let's talk about sex. When we decided we were going to talk about this, that's all I could, that song just like played. <laughs> Not the whole song, just that line, because that's the only part of the song that I know. When I was in high school, one of my, uh, my math teacher used to use this song to teach math. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song? Yeah. He would say, let's <laughs> talk about sex. But instead of saying sex, he would say six. Like, he would change the words to go oh. with math-related. Oh. Are you sure it was math? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you put two and two together. <laughs> no, but I just think that overall, we're talking about loving yourself, loving others, and learn the proper information. Loving, lo- yeah, loving your body, <laughs> all of these things, because there's so many things especially on this Valentine's Day coming up. Learn how to please yourself and others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you are wanting to learn more about pleasing yourself, definitely read Come As You Are, the surprising new science around that will something something. Let me, let me. <laughs> something something. Okay, guys. That will transform your sex life by Emily Nagoski. That would be amazing. I've heard it. It's I've heard half of it. If you're trying to educate your children about sex, you can also find resources in the National Child Traumatic Stress Network. They have really good handouts about information about giving you information about just positive and healthy sexual development. And if your children are developing not healthy behaviors around sex or you know their sexual bodies and stuff. They also have handouts on that. And I also have a couple of books that I um, was given when I was taking that college sexuality class because it was so focused on not only us learning about sexuality, but it was also about us teaching children about sexuality. I have a couple of books that are very, very informative, child appropriate. And by child appropriate, I mean it like the words are broken into like, vocabulary that they will learn that they will know because i feel like even still there's still some words that you will not know at six year old or like seven ten yeah so there's different ones i have one when 
if they're like between five and eight, I think. And then there's another one if they're like between nine and 14, which is usually like the teen years. And then there's one for more like older teen mm -hmm. going into adulthood. Uh, my professor in college was really good. She was one of my favorite professors because she was really open about it. She had th two kids of her own, so she talked about her experience about teaching her boys about sexuality, but not only about male sexuality, but also female sexuality, which I think that is also very good because I feel like parents will be like, well, talk to your dad about it because he's a guy and mm -hmm. you're a guy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like each should have a conversation. Oh, for sure. Like, mm -hmm. here's your dad's perspective as a male body, but here's my perspective as a female body. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that still to this day has stuck to me about my professor that I thought was really, yeah, really nice because I feel like there's so many things that we don't know about the male body, like us as females, but there's a lot of things that males don't know about our, our bodies as we yeah. bodies. And... Um, I'm going off of that to piggyback off of that. Um, there are some books that I have pulled up here that talk about sex, the body, and also feelings that you have. So more part of like your attraction, whether it's non-binary, whether it or that sexual identification. But like talks more about those other concepts and extra that we may talk about in future episodes. Um, but there is Sex is a Funny Word, a book about bodies, feelings, and you by Corey Silverberg and fiona smith um this is for ages 8 to 10 if you want to talk more about and open the dialogue to children because sometimes talking directly can be a lot mm -hmm. and having the book and reading it can be a lot easier and being like how do you feel about this topic um and then there's also you know sex bodies gender puberty and other things that can also be used to talk to children about you know their bodies changing and just gender and different how you may identify and like what you're attracted to and stuff so those are some resources as well but yeah so we hope that you enjoyed this conversation but we're gonna ask the question that we always ask to all of our guests here <laughs> i know it's a little bit off topic but from what you shared today and everything what makes you Callie, a yorona and a chingona or a ching like whichever okay, wait. i want to make sure i understand because I hear it and I, Yorona, I, I don't. So Yorona is I, I guess it, yeah. <laughs> so Yorona is like baby crier, like you yeah. cry, you're like a crybaby. Yeah, you're sensitive, and chingona is basically being a badass. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. See, I never understood the chingona part. Okay. Um. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I try to be a chingona, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm a little bit of a yorona sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I think to to the outside world, yeah, <laughs> I'm a chingona. I I try. I I'm not someone who like wears my heart on my sleeve or anything like that. Like I. Not that I, I'm not really someone who bottles it up anymore, but like I, to the mass, to the general public, <laughs> I, I kind of pull it together all the time and kind of put on an air of badassness, but I feel like with the people that I'm, feel safe with and I'm, I'm comfortable with, I can be a little bit of a, you know, 
(laughs) 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 So if there was anything that, or any advice that you could give a young adult or our audience, what would it be? Um, It would be, (laughs) (laughs) it would be to just not be afraid to be yourself. I guess I think I spent so much of my young adult life worrying about what other people thought of me or what who I was supposed to be and I feel like if I could tell my younger self anything it would just like don't be afraid to just be you because everyone's unique everyone's different and who you are is perfectly okay <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> I think that's something that young Edith would have loved to hear. <laughs> I think that's something I needed to hear today. <laughs> so, don't forget to be yourselves, guys. <laughs> and remember que aquí, aquí si lloramos. lloramos.